Well, welcome everybody to church this morning. It's good to have you with us. And today's service is uh, slightly different in that it's our annual London City Mission service. It's a service when we uh, renew our partnerships with those that we know in London City Mission who often visit us uh, at this time of year. But today we'll be hearing from them via uh, a pre-recorded video and then later on there'll be a message from God's Word. But before we move into our service, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. And we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come together and worship you from wherever we are. And Lord, it's our desire to glorify the name of Jesus this morning in all that we do. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in song. We thank you for our partners from London City Mission and we look forward to hearing from them a little bit later on. And we also pray that you would inspire us as we look into your word. Teach us what you want us to hear this morning. And we pray, Lord, that we would not just hear things this morning, but we would be uh, willing to be changed and go out and be different. We ask that we would go out and be different because Jesus has made the difference in our lives. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Hello, Valeriki. So good to see you guys all again, even though I can't see you. Um, I wish I was there in the church with you guys, but unfortunately COVID-19 happened. And so you love stuck with me on Zoom or video, whichever one. So guess what? I'm back in London. I've got a new role. My new role is to... um, train and equip and mobilize churches so that more people can go out. So instead of just me going to the kids, it would be me and 10 church members going to the kids. So guess what? Instead of just 20 kids I'm dealing with, I can deal with 100 kids. Well, not me, the team. Me as the team. So And then I can move on to another church and show them how to um, duplicate it, you know? It's easy. So I was asked to tell you what my dream would be in this new role. So number one, please pray. Pray that churches will be keen to want me to show them because it's a bit embarrassing saying to people like, I'm here to help you. And they're like, no, thanks. We don't need you. So pray that people would want to mind my help and stuff. Um, the second one is I really would like them to show them how to build communities, like I've done in lockdown, where informally, organically, you just love your neighbor, because that's what God called us in the very first place. He said, love your neighbor. And we all go and love people far away. But what about the person who lives behind that wall? That's a person in there. Do I know him? Do I love him? How can I love him if I don't know him? How can I introduce him to Jesus if I don't even know if he likes tea or coffee? You know, it starts organically. So, guys, I'd like you to just invest in your neighbors, your physical neighbors and those others. Um, Get to know them. Find out what they like and then just drop Jesus in there. Share Jesus with them. You don't have to preach it to them. It can just be part of your household. Just And that's transform communities. 
guys, if I can just help anybody to introduce their community to Jesus, my heart would be overflowing. And I know you guys are amazing at doing it already. You've been doing it for many, many years. So I just want to encourage you to keep up the good work, keep going for Jesus, share the love in your community, and um, hopefully I'll see you soon when COVID-19 is over. Hiya, Bella Ricky, it's Carol here um, again. And um, I just want to thank you for your prayers and support for us all over the years, your kindness and your love. And um, as you know, you probably have heard our current roles have changed. Uh, Marlene's and mine, and um, I've been uh, delegated to work with the marginalised women and homeless. So um, one of the specific ways you could really support me with your prayers is that if you would pray that the different women that um, I would be able to identify local East End churches that would um, take one or two of these women under their wings and grow them up in the Christian faith. That would be just the greatest. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege today to be joined by Gareth Jones from London City Mission. And uh, Gareth, thank you so much for your time. And um, I'd like to ask you a few questions with regards to how things are with London City Mission. Uh, Billericay Baptist Church has supported LCM for a number of years, uh, particularly uh, around the Isle of Dogs and uh, Cafe Forever. And uh, so I'd like to ask you some questions about how the last year's been since we uh, last had uh, full contact with you at Billericay Baptist Church. And last year, of course, you were with us as part of the visit that um, was made to Billericay Baptist Church with, alongside Marlene and Carol, who were well known to us. So generally how has um, LCM uh, adapted particularly in the last year um, in relation to the COVID restrictions that you have or well we've all been placed under how, how have you managed in lockdown and in the tiering system with your work? Uh, thanks Roger I'm firstly really pleased to be with you guys um, sorry we can't be with you in person uh, it was great to be with you last year and uh, Huge thank you for your continued support for the work of uh, London City Mission. Uh, and yes, Roger, you're right, it's been, it's been an unusual year for all of us, and uh, it's been the same for us in London City Mission. Um, but we have continued ministry uh, through this time, although, you know, using sort of COVID restrictions to do that. So our homeless centres have been open. We've, we've adapted them to, to use them uh, during COVID times because obviously... Uh, there's still homelessness. Uh, there's still guys that need uh, contact. Uh, so we've been doing that. A lot of our guys, there have been a few of our guys who've been furloughed during this time, or, although most of them are back now um, because of family uh, situations, because they'd have to look after their kids or because the work they did was unable to continue during COVID times. But a lot of people have done online stuff. There's been a lot of that going on. Um, so maybe as as your church as well, we've been doing and um, connecting with a lot of people online. Um, so actually, there's been a bit of a surge for things like Alphas and Christianity Explored online. Um, so a lot of our guys have been engaged with one-to-one discipleship online. And particularly as the tier system has come in in the autumn, again, things have opened up slightly. Uh, some more activity has gone on. Uh, but we've 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 gone through a massive strategic change over the last few months as well. So a lot of stuff uh, has been happening online in terms of people have uh, 
you know, people have gone for new jobs within London City Mission, including myself, which I'll talk about later on. But, yeah, there's been a lot of changes, but we've kept going. And uh, certainly, as as you'll all be aware, that it feels, you know, our strap London needs Jesus. Well, never more so as London needed Jesus uh, uh, during this uh, COVID time. Yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you, Gareth. So uh, you just mentioned there uh, a new strategic approach by London City Mission. Um, in recent uh, weeks, I have started to uh, try to bring this to the attention of Bilibiki Baptist Church to uh, help to understand that things are now a little bit different to how we have always worked with you. And um, how have how is so what what is the new five year strategy that sort of London City Mission have adapted? What, what what's different now? I think the new strategy is focused on two things. So one is Theologically, so we believe that God's primary agent for reaching the world is the church, is the local church. We're, we're not a church, we're a parachurch organisation, so we, we want to work with the church more. The second drive really is um, more workers. So if you imagine a, a solitary LCM worker working on a council estate, knocking doors, really what we're saying moving forward is, Theologically, we want to work with the church. And, and in a matter of releasing more workers, we want to mobilise the church to engage with that ministry with us. And uh, we want, therefore, uh, our workers now to be not just focused on ministry, but focused on mobilising workers for the ministry. So really, in a nutshell, that's, that's uh, what the, the strategy is. For, so those sort of workers who've been focused primarily on ministry, one-to-one, we're saying... As well as doing that, step back. Who can you bring with you from the church to do this ministry? How can we mobilise the church? And in that way, more workers for the harvest field, because, you know, that strapline of London New Jesus again, there's a lot of people who have no Christian witness whatsoever. So what what do these strategic changes mean for the cafe directly and the team that we know of around the Isle of Dogs? Okay, so as part of the uh, strategic change, we did a ministry review right across uh, London City Missions. And one of the things that uh, came out during that time was that although cafe ministry was great, um, a lot of energy and effort was being put into running cafes effectively. And there was obviously some uh, gospel aspect to that, but um, it wasn't really mobilising other churches. It was very much an LCM ministry. So uh, cafe ministry has stopped, not just in Cafe Forever, but other cafes we run as well. Uh, And more effort is being put into working and mobilising the church. So actually Cafe Forever, for this moment in time, is the Glengall Christian Centre. It's actually, as a lot of uh, centres are in London City Mission, we're looking to redevelop our centres. It's quite an old, tired building, so we're looking to redevelop it. And really looking to partner with the church in that new centre. So we still want... D1 space, D1 space is sort of community church space on two floors. So actually it's going to be enlarged in the new centre looking forward. But actually we're looking very much to how we can partner with local churches to, to do ministry from that centre. For us as a, us as a church at Billericay Baptist, we have, as I said earlier, um, worked very closely with, with the cafe, um, obviously within the, within the Isle of Dogs, within the London Borough Tower Hamlets. And uh, we'd be keen to continue to do that in in some way so how can we as billericay baptist church particularly support continue to support the work that we've already supported in the years gone by going forward there's there's a huge need for prayer uh, there's still a huge 
need um, as well financially for, for us as a mission to do the work we do, uh, to support the missionary, support the projects that we're running. Uh, so I think there may be particular projects. I, I mean, if you know Marlene, you know Marlene, I know Marlene. She's an ideas person. She's hugely uh, motivated to, to, to reach the least reached in the borough, particularly children, youth and schools. That's a focus. But and with Carol as well. So there'll be maybe particular projects that you can fund. Um, we've got an appeal over Christmas, which you can check out online and you can sort of buy, you know, uh, different sort of non-physical items, really ministry things you can buy, which ha- actually will help us reach the least reach of our hamlets. So we would really value your prayers. We'd really value your continued support uh, uh, in Billericay because uh, Tower Hamlets really does need Jesus uh, at this time. If you, if you could fire off three things that we could pray for as a church, what would they be? Uh, so the first thing would probably be that we would build um, good and meaningful part, gospel partnerships with churches in Tower Hamlets and right across London. Um, we want to link with people with the same heart, the same mind as us, people who want to be gospel focused uh, with a heart for the least reached. So I think the first prayer would be for fruitful gospel partnerships with local churches across London. The second would be uh, wisdom in terms of the meetings of the needs of the least reached this time. I just came up with this prayer meeting, as I said. And one of the things we came up with, I, I think a big and growing need, as we know, is food and food banks. Um, because the gospel, I think, is twofold. It is, you know, the word of God um, and we need to preach the word, but actually we need to meet the needs of the people as well. Um, so just to give us relevance in terms of meeting the needs of people at this time. And the third thing is just for us as London City Mission, as we go, continue to go through this transition. Um, we're still uh, employing some people, so it's still shaped to the teams that we're forming so i think it's just um yeah just give us sort of wisdom as we continue to form team as we continue to shape ourselves um because it's been a big change for us i think as london city mission for stability uh, and for the team at this time as well that'd be great well gareth it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for your time thank you for uh, giving your time to speak to us today and uh, be assured of our continued partnership with you uh, in the future thank you Did you know that there are 1,189 chapters in the Bible and each one subdivided down into a number of accounts and stories of different things? Round about two or three weeks ago, I started preparing this message for this service and I felt a really strong leading by the Holy Spirit that I should speak on the story of the paralysed man. So having done nearly all my preparation... I had a heart-stopping moment last Sunday when I discovered that Tom had decided to preach on exactly the same story. Well, having had a conversation with Tom about whether I should do something completely different, we talked through what I believed God had given me by his Holy Spirit. And having done so, uh, we agreed that we should revisit this story because what I believed the Holy Spirit had given me was something a little bit different. Tom has has laid a foundation last week on this story and hopefully, with God's help, I'll be able to build on that this week. 
But before I do so, let's remind ourselves of the story. And I'm going to use the account from Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralysed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, We have never seen anything like this. As you saw earlier in the London City Mission video, London City Mission's strapline is London needs Jesus. It's estimated by London City Mission that one in three people do not have a friend to introduce them to Jesus. And in a city of around about nine million people, that works out to be around three million people who may never hear about Jesus. If we replicate that into our own town, into Billericay, a town of approximately 39,000 people, one in three people not having someone to introduce them to Jesus leaves at least 13,000 people in our town who will never hear about him. And those people are all around us. They're our neighbours. They're our friends. They're the people that we meet at the supermarket. They're our work colleagues. And we all have a part to play in introducing them to Jesus. And I believe this story of the paralysed man gives us a pattern to follow to help us to introduce people to Jesus Christ. But before I say any more, please just watch this short video that will be very familiar to you. I wash my hands to protect my family. I wear a face covering to protect my mates. I make space to protect my nan. Hands. Face. Space. I wash my hands to protect my colleagues. I wear a face covering to protect strangers. I make space to protect you. Hands. Face. Space. In 2020, hands, face and space are three words that we use to remind ourselves to protect ourselves from a virus that's devastating our society. And in the story of the paralysed man, 
I think that we see these words, hands, face and space, used by the four men who bring their friend to Jesus in order to see him healed and forgiven. And I believe that hands, face, space are three words that we can use to help remind us to introduce our friends and neighbours and work colleagues to the wonders of the grace and love and forgiveness of God. Let me show you what I mean. So let's look at hands. The sole desire in the hearts of the paralysed man's friend was to get him to Jesus and to do so they had to use their hands. The Bible tells us that these four men carried their friend on a mat. Now if you looked up standard Sunday school images of this, of this story, you would see four men carrying their friend on what, what looks like a really comfortable and uh, easily held stretcher. But I get the impression that carrying someone on a mat was not easy at all for those men. But such was their determination to get their friend to Jesus that they were willing to do what it took. We know that they reached the house. There's no way in. The house is full and there are crowds outside. And we also know from what Tom uh, told us last week that they go up onto the roof and they start using their hands to start taking the roof apart. The Bible actually says in Mark's Gospel, they dug through it. Such concern for their friend in, in order to get him to Jesus, that they got their hands dirty and then lowered their friend through the roof, through the hole that they dug. There's plenty of words to describe the friends, friends of the paralysed man. Determined, committed, bold, willing and full of faith. And when we consider the many people around us every day who do not know Jesus, how concerned are we? And what is our level of faith? Because it's the measure of faith that determines what we will do. The faith of the man's friends was such that they believed that Jesus could heal him and transform his life. And it meant they used their hands to get him to Jesus. What are we able and willing to do with our hands? Let me take you to London City Mission and give you an example of a young volunteer called Hannah. Hannah works at, or volunteers at the Weber Street Homeless Centre. Hannah's an artist and she decided to start using her gifts to start an art programme for people that were homeless and marginalised. And it's a way of, of simply building relationships with people, those that attend and, and beginning to introduce them to Jesus. What can we do? to start or to continue building relationships with people around us to have opportunities to introduce them to Jesus. Maybe you're creative, you're good at making things. Maybe you're gifted in writing. Maybe you love social media or IT. 
We need to take our gifts, use our hands and reach out. I think we're really good. and We've been really good at looking after each other uh, as a church. Giving people, sending people cards, giving people gifts to encourage them. Well, how about if the next time you decide to make a gift for somebody in the church, why don't you make a gift for your neighbour or friend who doesn't know Jesus and give it to them and uh, send or, or write, an, write the next time you write a card to someone, why don't you write another one and put it through your neighbour's door, telling them that you, that you appreciate them, telling them that, that you are concerned for them and maybe you can start to build a relationship or further a relationship with them. Why don't you be creative in your use of social media or IT? It's a great way of being able to share our faith in Jesus with many people. A lot of you will know Keith Davison and with his permission I share this uh, story with you. Keith, as you know, had a, a, a near-death experience with coronavirus and having come out the other side of it and, and, and continuing his, his rehabilitation from it, Keith made a video to let people know what Jesus had done for him in his life. When I asked him the other day how many people have now viewed it, he told me it was over 2,000 people. Keith took what he had and was able to use it to share Jesus with many, many people. And I would say to us this morning, don't let anything be a barrier. You see, the paralysed man's friend could have been put off by the crowds. They could have been put off by the fact that they, they went up on that roof and there was simply no way in. What is standing in our way? And it could well be that we're thinking that all that's going on around us is actually a restriction to sharing Jesus. Well, I would suggest actually we've got some wonderful opportunities uh, to share Jesus at these, at these, in these times. But what stands in our way? Maybe disappointment at previous attempts of trying to build relationships with people. Maybe, again, as I said, it's the restrictions that we are going through. Maybe it's a lack of faith or fear of the unknown. Faith needs to replace fear. And if you need an increase in faith this morning, then come humbly before God and ask him to increase your faith. Nothing should stand in our way. No crowds, no rooftop, nothing. Let me tell you about another London City Mission worker, Sarah. And Sarah is a grandmother. And she started to teach four or five teenage girls how to cook in her kitchen. She simply called it cooking with grandma. And as they chopped and cooked together, they read the Bible. And then COVID hit. And Sarah, despite her reservations with technology, decides that she's going to overcome this barrier. 
and she takes her cooking with grandma online and continues her ministry. Not only does she continue to reach the girls that were visiting her home, but she's now engaging with their parents as well. While COVID has restricted us in some ways as a church, we are now scattered across our town with opportunities all around us to build relationships, to use our hands to start bringing people to Jesus. In the Old Testament, when God met Moses at the burning bush, God said to Moses, what's that in your hand? And Moses said, it's just a staff. And in Moses' hands, it was just a staff. But with God beside him, that staff parted the Red Sea and brought escape from Egypt. And that same staff struck a rock from which life-giving water flowed. And so my question to all of us, and myself included, is what's in your hand? And that brings us on to face. We've seen how the paralysed man's friends used their hands to not only carry their friend to to the place where Jesus was, but how they also tore up the roof in order to lower him in front of Jesus. Those friends had heard what Jesus was doing in the area and were were really, really keen to get their paralysed friend uh, to Jesus. They wanted to bring him face to face with this person who was healing the sick. And they believed in faith that that is what Jesus would do. If they could just get him face to face with Jesus, he would make the difference in their friend's life. And when we use our hands and build relationships with people, we will start to bring people face to face with Jesus. And when we do, he makes the difference. You know what? People who came face to face with Jesus were never the same. From times right from his birth, right through beyond his resurrection. As a baby, Simeon looked into the face of Jesus in the temple. And Simeon declared, my eyes have seen your salvation. As a 12-year-old boy, Jesus sat in the temple looking into the faces of the religious leaders, asking and answering questions and left them amazed. On the cross, Jesus looked in the face of a criminal and forgave him and promised him today he would be with him in paradise. And after Jesus returned to heaven, Saul, who was breathing out murderous threats to all that followed Jesus. Saul meets Jesus face to face and his life is transformed and he's never the same. And the paralysed man comes face to face with Jesus. But initially, he doesn't get what his friends had expected. Because Jesus' first move is to tell the paralysed man 
his sins are forgiven. You can well imagine the paralysed man's friends staring down through the gaping hole in the roof and thinking, we want him to walk, not be forgiven. The man's friends may have looked on disappointed. The crowds may have looked on wondering. The religious leaders, as we know from last week, looked on accusing. But as the man comes face to face with Jesus, Jesus sees two needs. He sees a real need and he sees the man's greatest need. His real need was to be healed, to be able to walk again. But his greatest need was to be forgiven. Warren Wearsby said this about forgiveness. Forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. It meets the greatest need. It costs the greatest price and it brings the greatest blessing and the most lasting results. And while the real need for our world right now is is physical healing in these most challenging of times, our world's greatest need is for forgiveness. Forgiveness that brings peace with God. Forgiveness that sets us free from our past and brings us into relationship with our creator God who does not want us to struggle through life but wants to walk in every detail of it with us. You know, Jesus could have just healed the man but the chances are he would have got up and walked out into a lost eternity. Jesus proves he has authority in this story, not only to heal, but more importantly, to forgive sin. It was his mission to seek and save the lost. And he's still on that mission, bringing forgiveness and wholeness to lives today. Let me recount to you one last story from London City Mission. Let me tell you about Ollie a London City missionary worker in southwest London. And five years ago, Ollie met a young medical student while he was doing street evangelism. And he told her about Jesus. In 2020, that young medical student is now a trainee doctor on the front line of the pandemic. And she, is, she has been searching for hope. She looks Ollie up on Facebook, who by now, because of restrictions to his own work, is now leading an online Bible study. And through that online Bible study, she finds hope and faith and forgiveness. She even joins the Bibles, uh, Ollie's Bible study from her ward, from her hospital ward, and other doctors and nurses can hear and listen. And as a result, another doctor has joined the Bible study and has bought a Bible for himself. As we use what we have to introduce and bring people face to face with Jesus, he changes lives. And that brings us to space. The men carry their friend to Jesus 
they lower him through the roof and bring him face to face with him. And then they watch and wait in faith and expectancy to see what Jesus will do. They give Jesus space. And as they give that space to Jesus, he forgives and he heals. They got more than they ever expected. You see, the friends of that man didn't jump through the hole in the roof with him. They didn't get up close to Jesus and tell him what they needed him to do. No, they simply stayed back and gave Jesus space. And when we start building relationships with people and bringing them face to face with Jesus, we need to give the Holy Spirit space to do his work. I think we can feel tempted sometimes that um, every opportunity we have to share Jesus with someone, we somehow have got to do it all. That we've got to seal the deal, as it were. And we can feel guilty when we don't. Jesus' mission, as I said just a few moments ago, is to seek and save the lost. And we are a part of that mission. Our friend Dennis Peathers, who runs Rooftop Ministries, has the strapline joining Jesus in his mission. It's about us joining with Jesus because it is Jesus' mission. When I read the New Testament, I read about the Holy Spirit, who is the one who convicts and convinces men and women of their need for Jesus. I read in Acts 2, 47, that it is the Lord who added to their number those that were being saved. And I read in Acts 16, 34, that it is the Lord that opened Lydia's heart. So does that mean we're absolved of all responsibility? No, not at all, because we are part of Jesus' mission. And it seems like Jesus' mission is, is like a jigsaw puzzle and that we have pieces to place into that jigsaw puzzle. And so we need to ensure that we're able and willing to do our part. We all have a part to play. And when we've done that and can do no more, we allow God the space to complete the work. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says, Paul planted the seed, Apollos watered, but it is God who gives the increase. One day, a boy was brought to Jesus with five loaves and two fish. In the boy's hands, they were just his packed lunch. But face to face with Jesus, he gives them over. He steps back and Jesus meets the needs of over 5,000 people. Like the men in the story, full of faith and boldness, we need to use our hands, our creativity, and use what we have to form and build relationships, to bring people face to face with Jesus, 
and then give space for the Holy Spirit to do his work. Hands, face, space. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, each of us knows somebody who needs Jesus. And our prayer this morning, Lord God, is you'd help us to have an increase in faith that our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues will come to Jesus, that Jesus, you will meet their needs. Father, our, our prayer is that their greatest need would be met, that greatest need of forgiveness and of having a relationship with you, our Heavenly Father. And so we pray, Lord, that you would increase our faith, you would help us, Lord, to, to, to think about what we have and what we can use. You help, we pray that you'd help us to be bold and committed to being part of your mission, to doing your mission with you. And we pray, Lord, that we will see people coming face to face with Jesus and having their lives transformed. And we pray that you would help us to step back and give space for your Holy Spirit to do his work. And we ask that, Lord, we would see many added to our number, many added to the number in the kingdom of God. Lord, we humbly ask that you give us courage and boldness and faith to step out and join you, Jesus, in that mission to seek and save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen.